This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, good evening, Christian Family Church. I really feel privileged to be invited into your homes tonight, and thank you for tuning in tonight. My message is titled, Jesus, I Need a Miracle. I don't know how many of you find yourselves in that place right now where you're saying, Jesus, I need a miracle. Our entire theme this last month really has to do with God intervening in the normal events of human life in order to give people their miracles. Um, Paul taught about being anchored in the storm. Pastor Jenny spoke last week about being rock solid in the storm because after all, storms are going to come to all of us. And I just, I don't know where you find yourself right now, but I really do believe and pray that this message is going to bless you today. You might not be in the place right now where you're saying, Jesus, I need a miracle. But I can promise you at one point in time in your life, you're going to find yourself in that place. And so the teaching today is really dedicated to finding out what does it take to see God show himself strong on your behalf, move mightily, and shift and change your circumstances immediately in order for the rest of the world to see that your God is alive and that he loves you. You know, folks, as we read the Bible, behind nearly every miracle that Jesus performed was a sense of desperation on the part of the one needing the miracle. Now, you don't always have to be desperate in order for God to give you a miracle, but it's interesting to see that how many folks were in that place of desperation, almost like it's a coming, and, coming to an end of oneself, so to speak. Um, coming to an end of oneself so that God can finally intervene. I mean, take, uh, take, for example, the lame man that was lowered through the roof. A fascinating miracle. The only miracle that's mentioned in all four Gospels. Here you get this lame man wanting to come to Jesus to be healed. Jesus traditionally ministered outside in an open environment where everybody could get access the day he needs a miracle, Jesus is preaching in a small home that's packed with people, and he can't get in. But he didn't give up. Because you can't get in doesn't mean that you give up. His four friends put him on top of the roof. They put a, made a hole in the roof, and they lowered this man into the presence of Jesus. And Jesus says, because of your faith, you will be made well. Can you see the desperation there? He didn't care who was going to cover the cost of the roof. He just needed to get to Jesus. And sometimes that's exactly where we need to be. Perhaps lockdown has got you to that place where you're saying, Jesus, I need a miracle. What about the woman with the issue of blood? I mean, she was ostracized. She was an outcast. She had been bleeding, the Bible says, for 12 years. She was desperate for a miracle. She stood to lose a whole lot she risked everything coming to the presence of Jesus when she was considered unclean. Yet, yes, she came and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. This happens right in the middle of a guy by the name Jairus who is depending on Jesus to come and raise his dead daughter. So here you get a desperate woman reaching out saying, Jesus, I need a miracle. She's interrupting Jairus, who's already desperate and saying, Jesus, my daughter is dying. I mean, if I was Jairus, I would have thought, Jesus, can you just focus on one thing at a time? But he didn't let that distract him. In his desperation, he said to Jesus, come to my house. I know if you are there, my daughter will be made well. And both the woman that was hemorrhaging and Jairus received their miracle. Can you see the desperation? What about the two men 
who forced their way into the home where Jesus was staying. This is not like, knock, knock, can I come in, Jesus? They forced their way in, the Bible says. And then finally, what about the Gentile woman whose daughter was possessed? She was initially rejected by Jesus. She came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I need a miracle. And Jesus said, I didn't come for the dogs. I came for the children of Israel. Think of the opportunity she had to be offended and to give up. But she had, if she had given up, folks, if there wasn't that desperation in her heart, she would have missed out on her miracle. But the Lord came through for us or came through for her. He's going to come through for us today. You see, our ending is often God's beginning. I also just want to say this, though, that it's not just desperation alone that moves God. It's desperation leading to faith that will move the hand of God every single time. Desperation leading to faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But desperation is the thing that's going to drive us to believe Him for a miracle. Let's pray before we get further into the Word this evening. Father, we come before you in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you that we can gather around your word that is full of life. Precious Savior, tonight I pray as I teach on this subject, Jesus, I need a miracle that you would step into every single person who's watching the stream, that you would step into their circumstance, that you would stop just like you did for this blind man and meet their need, just like you did for him. That's where my expectation is at, Lord. And I thank you and give you alone the praise, honor, and glory for doing this, not because we've deserved it, but because of your mercy. Won't you shout out, amen, praise the Lord. Well, folks, our foundational scripture for this series is found in Psalm 77, verses 13 and 14. I'm reading from the NIV translation, and look at what it says here. It says this, it says, your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God. Notice it doesn't say what God was as great. It says what God is as great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. Not the God who performed, but the God who performs miracles. Look at this. You display your power among the people. I think God takes great joy in displaying his power and showing himself strong on our behalf so that our neighbors can see not only our praise, but our miraculous life. What is a miracle? Well, a miracle is simply this. It's an extraordinary event manifesting as divine intervention in human affairs. We serve a God of miracles. I believe as we read this next portion of Scripture, the Holy Ghost is already going to begin to stir. Build your faith and your expectancy to receive from Him today. Turn with me, please, to the book of Luke chapter 18. I'm going to be reading from verses 35 to 43. Incidentally, the book of Luke doesn't mention the name of this blind beggar. But both Matthew and Mark do, and his name is Blind Bartimaeus. Luke, however, shed some really interesting light on the story that the other Gospels don't necessarily do, and that's why I've chosen this as the text 
for my message today. So let's read what it says. It says, as Jesus and his followers arrived at Jericho, there was a blind beggar sitting on the roadside. So this blind beggar was sitting on the roadside in Jericho. Now you must you must remember, Jericho was a huge city. I mean, Jericho had a long legacy, not only of conflict, but also of tremendous miracles. Go look in your concordance, look up Jericho, and you will find that's where the walls came down. That's where the bitter water was turned sweet. So, so this blind beggar, this blind beggar found himself in an environment where a lot of miracles have been taking place. Now, for me, that speaks about the importance of being connected and involved in church. When you surround yourself where things in the miraculous are taking place all the time, it's only a matter of time until you get yours. And so you can imagine that this is what he grew up. He knew the legacy of Jericho, and here he is. Now, it's one thing to be blind, but the Bible says he was also a beggar. Back in biblical times, when you were blind, you weren't wealthy. Back in biblical times, when you were blind, you had to beg to make ends meet. Let's continue reading. It says, when he heard the crowd approaching, he asked, what's all this commotion about? It's Jesus, they said. Jesus, the Nazarene, is passing by. The blind beggar shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity and mercy on me. Show me mercy. I want you to notice the difference in how the crowd viewed Jesus and how he saw Jesus. They said Jesus the Nazarene, which means the guy from Nazareth is here. When he shouted out, he didn't shout out Jesus the Nazarene. He said Jesus, son of David. You see, the difference over here was they were fans. Bartimaeus wanted to be a friend of Jesus. Different rewards for different people. These people just saw Jesus in his natural environment as a man born in Nazareth from Nazarene. He was, a, he was Jesus the Nazarene, but the but Bartimaeus shouted out, Jesus, son of David. Now that's significant, and we're gonna to get to that in a moment about how his faith was enacted when he made that statement. But let's continue reading first. It says, those, were, those who were in front of the crowd scolded him and warned him to be quiet. So as this guy's shouting in desperation for his miracle, son of David, these guys are saying, ch -ch -ch -ch. Listen, whenever, you, whenever you're expectant, whenever you're hungry, whenever you're desperate, crying out to Jesus, you're always going to get people that say, listen, man, sit. I don't know if you've ever had that before, but they'll always try and discount your miracle. They'll always try and put you down. Listen, don't be distracted by that. It goes on to say, but the blind beggar, the blind beggar screamed even louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me or show me mercy. Suddenly, the Bible says Jesus stopped right there. He told those nearby, bring the man over to me. When they brought him before Jesus, he asked the man, what is it you want me to do for you? Now listen to me, each and every one of you. Jesus today, in a few moments time, is going to stop just like he did for Bartimaeus. I don't believe that question was only to Bartimaeus. I believe that's a constant question from the heart of God who loves his people, looking at us, stopping for us, and intently asking us, what is it you want me to do for you? Before I proceed and continue reading, if I had to ask you today, what is it you need Jesus to do for you? Make a mental note of that. Think about that for a moment. 
Because like I said, I believe in a moment's time, the Lord's going to ask you that same question. And so blind Bartimaeus responded and he said, Lord, he didn't say Jesus, the Nazarene. He said, Lord, he said, please, I want to see again. Jesus said, now you will see. Receive your sight this moment. Don't wait. Right now, receive your sight this moment. For your faith in me has given you sight and a new life. Look at that. Sight and a new life. That's why I love the Passion Translation. One of the reasons why I used it. He gave him sight and a new life. We see this happening in the Gospels. Jesus said, is anyone among you sick? Let him call on the elders of the church to lay hands on him, anointing him with oil. And the prayer of, say, prayer of faith will, 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 will heal him, will save him. The Bible says, and he goes on to say, and all his sins will be forgiven. Right here, Jesus does exactly the same thing for this blind man who in desperation acknowledged that he was in the presence of God. The Bible goes on to say, instantly he could see again. His eyes, his eyes popped open and he saw Jesus, man. That in itself will preach. That's not just about a blind man physically seeing Jesus. I believe something far deeper than that took place. And just so you know, if you're watching for the first time and you've not received Jesus in your life today, I'm gonna to give you an opportunity to do that. And the same thing that happened with Bartimaeus is gonna happen with you this morning. I believe it with all my heart. And then look what happened. His excitement and his joy could not be contained. He shouted loud praises to God. And look at this, look at this, look at this. He shouted and he followed Jesus. I mean, come on. He'd been poor and broke his whole life, depending on people. He gets his sight back. Perhaps if it was me, the first thing I'd do is go out and look for a job. He didn't do that. He followed Jesus. I'm going to talk more about that a bit later on. Now look at this. The same crowd who earlier on said, ah, Jesus the Nazarene is walking by. Look what happens after he begins to praise God. It says, and when the crowd saw what happened, they too erupted with shouts of praise to God. It's amazing. They weren't praising God before. They were suppressing his joy. Listen to me. When God comes through and gives you your miracle, everybody else around you begins to acknowledge that God is present, that God is doing something. I believe every single one of us have believe, as believers need to live a supernatural life depending on a supernatural God, not just because that's a lifestyle we're called to, but because it will cause people around us to begin to praise and exalt God. You see, the truth family is this, that eventually our shouts of desperation will turn into shouts of praise the moment faith gets involved. I'll say it again. The moment our shouts of desperation will turn into shouts of praise, the moment faith gets involved. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to give you six takeaways. I know I've mentioned a few caveats while, um, while reading that verse, but I want to give you six takeaways, six principles, so to speak, that we glean from this miracle of blind Bartimaeus. Number one, we're going to look at the blind man's problem. Bartimaeus had no sight. He had no vision. In actual fact, he had no way to make an income. Think about it. He was completely dependent on the benevolence of others to position him, to provide for him, and also to care for him. Can you imagine 
the hopelessness that he must have felt. The low or perhaps even no self-worth that he had. Feeling that his life was just a constant burden all the time to people around him. Completely helpless. He had no direction, no hope. He didn't even know where to go. Perhaps stumbling through the darkness, stumbling through the darkness, so to speak, not knowing what's going to happen. I think this speaks to a lot of folks that find themselves in lockdown. They don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. They can't even make decisions about next month, let alone next week, because they're just waiting for the next speech to come out. They're waiting to see what happens. I mean, I can, I can identify with where blind Bartimaeus is. I might not be physically blind, but, but I tell you, circumstantially, we are, we are blind and frustrated and, and, and aimless. But <laughs> this is what's amazing, you see. Although blind Bartimaeus could not see, he could hear. Although he could not see, he could hear. You know what that means, folks? Because faith comes by hearing and not by seeing, all we need to remove the blindness is to be able to hear God speaking on a continuous basis. And God is speaking. Why? Because in fact, what we see interferes with what we believe the Bible says. We walk by faith and not by sight. So although blind Bartimaeus couldn't see Jesus, he could hear him. Although we don't know what the future holds, we've still got the promise in the word of God We've still got God's word that tells us where we're going. And on that, we can build a future. On that, we have hope. And on that, we can proceed forward. Praise the Lord. And forgive me, I've got to throw a cliche in here. We may not know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. That was blind Bartimaeus' situation. So what is it that you need right now? Blind Martimaeus needed sight. But right now in the midst of lockdown, what is it that you need? This brings me to the second point or the second takeaway. Let's take a look at blind Bartimaeus's prayer, the blind man's prayer. You think about it, folks. He was in a situation where prayer was all he had. Maybe that's where you find yourselves. Prayer should always be our first priority and not our last resort. First priority, not our last resort. No one should be standing in the way of our prayer life. Pray first should be the mantra that we live our lives by. In all things with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, make your request known to God. That's what Paul said. Pray first. This is exactly what blind Bartimaeus did. And actually, he praised first, and then he prayed first. We'll be looking at praise in a moment. Maybe I got those two back to front, but that being said, sometimes you pray, then you praise. He prays before he prayed. But praise always needs to be our first port of call. So what we see here is that even though his prayer was not heard the first time, because you see, he cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. A second time when he wasn't heard, he said, Son of David, have mercy on me. I believe that that wasn't a sign of disbelief, but that was a sign of persistence. He was like that widow woman that the Bible tells us about. They just kept on knocking, just kept on knocking, just kept on knocking. Until the, until the unjust judge said to himself, listen, I just got to answer. She's wearying me with her faith. She's wearying me 
with the fact that she believes I can solve her problem. I'm just going to get out there and do it. This is what blind Bartimaeus, he's saying, son of David, have mercy on me. Because of his persistence, Bartimaeus was eventually heard. You see, his perseverance in this case, as I mentioned, was not a sign of unbelief, but I think rather of faith. After all, his cries to Jesus being the son of David was met with action. What action, you might ask? Well, the coat that was given to blind men by the religious leaders of that time, which identified them as a blind man. Because the Bible tells us in the Torah, in the Pentateuch, that people were required to give to those who had these sorts of conditions. And so the cloak identified him as a blind man, and so he would get people giving to him. His family would position him, and they would come and give to him. But, but here's my point. He didn't just cry, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus said, won't you bring him to me, the other gospels record that he actually threw this coat aside. Imagine. Imagine how many people standing around him knew exactly what that coat meant. It was kind of a retirement fund. Surprised the gospel doesn't, doesn't record people scrounging to get that coat because, I mean, you could, you, could, you could survive off that thing. But here's my point. He, he took that coat and he threw it to one side. If he wasn't healed, he would have been up the creek without a paddle, folks. But he cried out, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on me, and came towards, you see, the very thing that secured his income and really the only thing he could depend upon financially, he cast off because he was going to Jesus. You see, this prayer of Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, was really a transferring of his trust from that cloak, his dependence on people. He was transferring his trust from that to Jesus, whom he was about to meet. Let's take a look at the third point, the blind man's praise. The blind man's prayer also was the blind man's praise. Remember what the folks said who's coming by? They said, Jesus the Nazarene. He cries out, son of David. I find that very, very interesting. He didn't cry out, Jesus, son of Joseph, or Jesus, son of Mary, which would have also been correct. You see, when he cried out, Jesus, son of David, it's more about what he wasn't saying than what he was saying. You see, because his cry was a prayer declaring this. Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the one that was promised from the line of David. You have always existed. You will always exist. You have performed miracles in the past. You will perform miracles in the future. Right now, I need you to perform a miracle in the present. And if anybody is able to do it in the city that has seen you move time and time again, you can do it again for me. He said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. You as the Son of God are well able to give me what I don't deserve. And this is another key, folks. He didn't stand there haughty and proud. Reminds me of the man who had a lame arm. When Jesus came to him and said, stretch out your hand. If that was me and I had a lame arm, I think I would have stretched out my strong hand. You know, sometimes we always want to, we want to bring our strengths to God and say, here, yeah, Lord, use this. Blind Bartimaeus was saying, have mercy on me. That man with a lame arm, he, he picked up his lame arm, his weakness, and that was what he gave to Jesus. And because he brought his weakness before Christ, 
Christ touched his arm and made him well. I don't know if he had stretched out his strength, what he was able to do and who he thought he should be or what he was if he would have received that miracle. So folks, humility is so important. And here you have blind Bartimaeus saying, son of David, eternal father, son of God, please give me what I don't deserve. I believe there are thousands of people out there listening to this word right now. Perhaps one of the greatest hindrances to you receiving your miracle is because you thought you had to get to a place where you deserved it first. There's not a single person in the whole of Scripture that deserved their miracle, that deserved that moment from God. But yet He gave it. Listen to me. If He gave it to them, He'll give it to you. And so here we see blind Bartimaeus' faith and his praise. Pastor Theo has taught us so well that praise really is the highest form of faith. His praise, Bartimaeus' praise, would not be silenced. It would not be stolen. Not by those around him who accepted his condition. Because Lord knows there's a lot of people that love to keep you down. He would not let his faith nor his desperation be silenced. And he would not accept the condition that he was currently in. He just was not satisfied and he would not be quietened down. We will not stay silent. Great song by Plain Two some years ago. We won't stay silent. He determined, I'm not going to stay silent. Are you going to trust God for that miracle? Are you going to keep on going? Corona's not going to silence us for heaven's sakes. Jesus said, I will build my church in the gates of hell. Will not prevail against it. Corona won't prevail against the church. I don't care what the world says. You will never get together in public gatherings. Did they ask Christ, who owns the valley of the cattle of a thousand hills, who created the heavens and the earth with his spoken word, have they consulted with an ever-living God, with a supernatural father, to find out, listen, Lord, are you happy that we never come together again? I don't care who it is. We will come together again, and we will praise. Life will return to a scriptural normal. And there's no normal in Scripture. But we're going to get back there. You see, it was blind Bartimaeus' praise that opened the pathway to Jesus. Even though he had nothing to praise God for in the now. Listen to this. Even though he had nothing to praise God for in the now, he was blind and broke. He found a reason to praise God for what could be. And because he praised God for what could be, what could be became his now. Bartimaeus saw himself as someone who had the ability to see in the future. He saw himself seeing and he praised God for it and God made it the now. His praise actually became, his praise actually came before his prayer. Now the fourth point is this, that Jesus was passing by. He heard his praise the Bible says this, that Jesus stopped. But before I get that, let me get back to point number four. Jesus is passing by. Imagine for a moment, if you will, the monotony of Bartimaeus' life. Every day, the same thing. Getting positioned maybe on this side of the road or that side of the road, being led there by somebody, dependent on somebody, and just being plonked down for the day to hopefully have people give you alms. 
every day the same thing. I think his life was in a rut. Much like many of our lives are in a rut right now with this lockdown. Maybe his life was in a rut or your life was in a rut without the possibility of change. He found himself in a place of surviving, not living. Speaking about a rut, do you know what a rut is? A rut is simply a grave with both sides kicked out. If we don't get out of our rut soon enough, that rut is gonna become a grave. But praise God, Jesus came by before his rut turned into his grave. Here's my point. Don't get so bogged down in the monotony of lockdown that we begin to miss what God is doing in and around us. At Christian Family Church, we've never been more active than we are now meeting the needs of the community as far as our welfare departments are concerned. In actual fact, the silver lining on this very dark cloud of lockdown is that the church has been mobilized to go out there and meet the needs of the community, giving out hundreds of food parcels. We're getting inundated with requests from all around the city to help people. This is the church. This is what God is doing. So let's not get bogged down in, monot in the monotony. I want you to know that in the midst of all of this, folks, Jesus is passing by. Listen to me carefully. Jesus is passing by every morning, every afternoon, and every evening during lockdown. Jesus is passing by, and he's got a question that he wants to ask you. Don't miss the time of his visitation. You know, people who have been called to evangelize or motivated to evangelize have often used the excuse, well, I'm not good in front of people. You know, I, I'm just not that bold. I, I can't come out and be outspoken about my faith. But only if I could lead people to Jesus electronically, that would be really great. Hey, right now, we're stuck in this time where you can reach out to people on social platforms and invite them to church. There's no better time. Jesus is walking by. A lot of people are stuck in a rut. A lot of people are like blind Bartimaeus. Thank God he's pulling us out of it today. But how about reaching out to those people that are in a rut and inviting them and ministering to them and speaking to them? The fifth point is this, that Jesus took time. You know, folks, contextually speaking, this miracle of him healing blind Bartimaeus takes place right before the Passion Week. Jesus is heading on to Jerusalem. He's about to go and be crucified, rejected by his friends and family. That's where he is headed. He must have had so much on his mind. He's about to die. Of all the people he could stopped and visited with at Jericho, all those people, I'm sure there were a lot of folks. I mean, he could have just said, listen, man, I'm on my way. I don't have time for this. I've got to go and die. That, that's my point. Jesus was not distracted. I want you to know today, listen carefully, that God is not distracted by what he needs to do. You are his distraction because he loves you and died for you. So of all the people he could have stopped for in Jericho, he stopped for this blind beggar. I can hear the heart of Bartimaeus perhaps saying something like, how does a God like him, 
How does a savior like him stop for someone like me? How does a God like him, a savior like him, who's going to the cross to die, how does he stop for a person like me? I want to tell you today that regardless of what you're facing right now or where you find yourself spiritually, God in his mercy has stopped. Just like he did for that blind, socially dependent, direct, directionless, financially desperate, and stuck in a rut without hope beggar. Jesus has stopped for you. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity for those of you watching who have never surrendered to Jesus. You can sense his presence right now. He wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. He wants to give you a miracle. But if you've never received Jesus before, this is the greatest miracle that you will ever, ever receive from him. So Jesus stopped was the fifth one. And finally, the sixth one is that Jesus gave blind Bartimaeus his miracle. You see, Bartimaeus' miracle was not limited to just receiving his sight. We read this in Scripture. The Bible says in that verse that he received a whole new life. He received a whole new life, not just his sight. Today I believe that although God will give you your miracle, there's a shift that's going to come and take place in your heart, especially if you've never surrendered your life to Him before. Jesus responded and He said this to blind Bartimaeus, for your faith in me has given you sight and a new life. You see, folks, His prayer evolved into praise. But it wasn't just a praise from His lips. It wasn't just lip service. The Bible says that after blind Bartimaeus saw Jesus, he followed him. He followed him. And this should be the ultimate outcome of every miracle that we receive in our lives, that it should lead to a greater dedication of our walk towards the Lord. And I think sometimes our appreciation for what God has done in our lives really is only lived out in service to Him. I can't recall exactly where it is or what the translation is, but a prayer in the Bible is this, Lord, let me show you how much I love you and appreciate you by living the way I should. Blind Bartimaeus lived the way he should. He followed Jesus. You know, family, my heart today is this, that as we consider what took place in the life of blind Bartimaeus, as we take a look at his, as we take a look at his problem, we take a look at his prayer. We take a look at his praise. We take a look at what it was that caused Jesus to stop. How Jesus answered his miracle, all those things. I believe the Lord is going to do the same thing for you today. So I'm going to ask you to do something that you may never have done before as a symbol of your faith. I just want you to stretch your hands towards the screen. I want to pray for you as a church right now. And let's allow me just to pray. I believe God's going to do something. Allow me. 
allow me to pray for you. Father, I bring every single one of these precious people before you right now. Every single one of us find ourselves in the same place as blind Bartimaeus. Exactly the same place where we're desperate for a miracle, where we need you, Lord Jesus. We can identify with this, blind, with this blind beggar. We can identify him with him, not knowing what the future holds. But Lord, today we've learned that we don't need to know what the future holds in order to receive our miracle now. And so I pray for every single person out there that has perhaps, perhaps lost their job during this difficult season. I pray for those who are hungry. I pray for those who have serious family issues right now, Lord God, where marriages have come under strain as a result of this lockdown of just being together all the time, which is not something we're accustomed to. I pray, Lord God, for peace in those homes. I don't know what the miracles are. They could be great miracles. They could be small miracles. But Lord, by definition, I ask in Jesus' name that you would divinely intervene into each and every one of these precious saints' lives. Not because they've earned nor deserved it, but because of your mercy. Lord, we ask you today that you would give us what we don't deserve. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Oh Lord, we will praise you. We will praise you and know that as we do this, we pull our future into our present. Every promise in God is yes and amen. And we thank you for it. I release your burden removing, yoke destroying power and your anointing to flow and to move right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I worship and praise you and glorify you. I sense in my heart, I sense in my heart that there's a, a spirit of restoration that's coming right now. It's flowing into homes even right now where there's division and, and strife. God in His mercy is moving upon you to draw you back together once again. The devil will not have his way. He will not disunify the church nor families during this time in Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Father, that your word has created for us a season of miracles and we worship you. If you received your miracle today, just like blind Bartimaeus, won't you give God just a great shout of praise? Just praise Him and worship Him and glorify Him and adore on Him and just love on Him. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship You. We worship You. We worship You. Just before I close, you might be watching and think, you know, I've never surrendered my heart to Jesus. I don't know what this is about. The Bible tells us to as many as have received Him, to them He gave the power to become the sons of God. You see, we've got to come from the crowd. You know, in that story, the crowd was saying, there's Jesus, He's an interesting guy. He's been spoken about. But Bartimaeus was the one who said, Jesus, son of David. We need to move from the crowd to the position of Bartimaeus. And perhaps you're the one that's always known Jesus has been there. But truly, you've praised with people. Maybe you've even been comfortable in church but you've never committed your life to Christ. I want to pray with you. You've got to receive Him, folks. You've got to receive Him. The Bible says in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, the Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus 
and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Listen, the miracle you need today, for those of you that do not know Jesus, the miracle you need today is to be born again, completely transformed by the love of God. That's what you need. And I want to help with that miracle. Well, not help God, but I want to make sure you get that miracle. So while your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, won't you pray this prayer after me? Repeat this after me. Say this, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I have missed your mark for my life. I've not walked in your will. And today I ask that you would forgive me and that you would cleanse me. Like blind Bartimaeus, I'm crying out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me and forgive me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. And after three days, you rose again. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I promise to make you the Lord of my life. I promise to love you and to serve you until the day I see you face to face. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, you are born again, friend. Welcome to the family. I'd like you to go ahead and just text SAVE to the number below on your screen and we're gonna get in contact with you. We've got some great literature that we'd like to give you that tells you about the next steps you need to take with Jesus. Folks, thank you again for having me in your home. I really pray that the Word of the Lord blessed you and I wanna encourage you to go over that, go through the notes, go read that scripture again and um, continue praising God for your miracle. God bless you and good night. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 